Blog Talk Radio. Somebody waiting, baby. Gone home, don't wanna jeopardize the safety, maybe later. We shake the haters and get busy. You say you want to do same thing, then get with me. If not, then hit me. I know you know the history. Last ride round looking real crispy. Ride round town, top down on the grizzly. Grind all the time to say how to eat the sizzling. I thought I told you we run stop signs. Cause we don't stop till the cop come knocking, try to block signs. Not mine, Twan gone rhyme. Why? Like sunshine and cold north through summertime. Now about that.
listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Emperor sent you. The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk, but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for show times and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavidson at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com for when the empire speaks, the empress listens. Oh. Listen, I'm going to give this disclaimer real early. Do not call me because you know I'm on air. Do not text me asking me questions because I've been asking you all week, almost for two weeks now, telling you that we're going to go in tonight with regard to criminal justice system and the Birmingham Police Department's weigh in on that. Now, we were talking about pleading. We were talking about bargaining. We were talking about a whole lot of stuff on the last couple shows, and a lot of people said, you know, I would not plea if I am not guilty. And I was one of those persons. I was one of the people who had this to say, you know, if I didn't do it, if the shoes don't fit, you must have quit. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was saying something like that. I was saying if it don't fit, don't lace it up and walk around in it. But the truth of the matter is that there may be some instances where it is for your advantage to do a little bit of bargaining and to work along with police. Now, tonight, let me tell you what tonight is not. Tonight is not a show where you're going to get to say F to police because I, 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 I changed the music. You know, I have never actually heard the whole song. I have heard so many people talk about it. As a matter of fact, when I decided to do a show that had to do with criminal, uh, criminology or crime or the public opinion of the police, everybody wanted to say something negative about it. But the truth of the matter to me and to, to you should also be is that we need law enforcement. Now, what you see in the media may or may not be the truth of where you are. And hopefully tonight we're going to learn a little bit about that. Now, i got to say some things before we get Detective Anderson on the line because I want it to be a fair and partial conversation because I'm not no police. I'm just a citizen. I've never been arrested in my life. But there are some things I know I would go to jail for. And one of the things that I know I would go to jail for, and a lot of people even say this, they say, if you mess with my mom or my man or my kids, I'm going to jail. I'm going to do time over those things. And the truth of the matter is, before uh, this latest week's events of the press and the media just overblowing and and constantly running this story in South Carolina with this police 
I don't even know if they call him a truancy officer. I don't, I'm not even sure what level of official he is with regards to law enforcement, but he is employed by the school system for some level of law enforcement or to reinforce what is to happen inside the classroom. A small bit of a scenario was released to the press several weeks ago and has now gone viral. Now, when this actually happened, I can't tell you because I'm going to tell you, I couldn't even look at the entirety of the video. But from what I saw when it was sent to me on Sunday, I knew then this was going to be hot. It was so hot that it was featured on Ricky Smiley. It was featured on TD Jakes. It was featured on a whole lot of other shows. And now it's headline news. Now, I said I wasn't going to watch it Sunday, but I turned on the television just last night to look at the nightly news, and it was headlining behind not eating bacon. Now, you can eat a little bit. We talked about that. But this whole idea that law enforcement is just uh, vigilante, that they're not here for the people, is not the truth. And we're going to talk about that tonight. But before, I want to just let you know what's coming up on Thursday. Now, Thursday, I'm going to need you to be real grown and real sexy. And I'm going to need you to uh, uh, just grab your pearls, your imaginary pearls around your neck, because Midas Touch is going to be with us on Thursday. And he's already told me. I just got off the phone. I'm trying to Skype, not Skype. I'm trying to Periscope to get ready for something totally different. And he calls and he, see, let me tell you, certain things you can't say to a single woman over the phone when I can't put my paws on you. And I ain't talking about going to jail, but you know, we got Chris on the phone. We're going to go ahead and bring Chris on because we're going to talk about what's really important tonight, which is whether or not you should plead. Now, Detective Anderson, can you hear me? I just want to make sure that we got good connection because I think the line is open. Can you hear me? I I hear you fine. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Now, I have to give you some applause because you like my little superhero. So here you go. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you you for the applause. I appreciate being anybody's hero. Listen, I had, like, when I posted your picture, this was probably two weeks ago. I swear to you, this had to be homecoming weekend. So it wasn't this past weekend. It was the weekend before that. A couple of my... uh, Girl, girlfriends from high school was like, is that the man from first quarter eight? I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they say, he called later. I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he is. And I, think, <laughs> I say, he's about that business, and he's just 100 when it comes to just what's right and wrong. I don't think he straddles at all. And a lot of people, for some reason, just don't get that. Now, before we get into the topic, if you could just introduce yourself to the Empire, to those of us who are not familiar I don't know who those people would be, but who don't watch Thirty Eight, or who are not aware of who you are. Okay, uh, my name is uh, <clears throat> Sergeant Chris Anderson. I have uh, been with the Birmingham Police Department now uh, twenty years. This month, uh, I've enjoyed mm. my career. Uh, I plan on being around for a long time, even though I'm, I am at the retirement years with the police department. I don't think I'm going anywhere. I just, I love what I do. Uh, I love mm-hmm. the people that I end up, I, that I meet. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I just enjoy it. It's more than a, than a job than a, a career with me. To me, this is my ministry. So this is what I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do. So, and mm-hmm. I, I, I learned that in the early stage of my career. So uh, this is what I do. This is what I love to do. Now, don't you think that law enforcement period 
before you even delve over into the different types of law enforcement, whether or not you are a truancy officer versus someone like yourself who works with homicide or, or to the, you know, in the life type of thing, don't you think that it has to be more of a calling than just an occupation of choice? Absolutely. Uh, I say it all the time. I say it to my family. I say it to my wife. My mother was a police officer for 20, 27 wow. years before she retired. So, mm. yes, it takes more. It takes more than just me wanting a job. I can go get a job as a greeter at Walmart and uh, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. But it takes mm-hmm. more than just wanting a, a job to be a person that runs mm-hmm. towards gunfire or the person mm-hmm. that that has to see what most of us have seen in our in our years experience with with police work. So yeah, it's, it is it is a calling. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Now some people take that calling and do other things with it, uh, uh, but you know, hey, that's that's not what I'm here for. That's not what mm-hmm. the reason why God sent me to, to this this career. Mm-hmm. And see the undertone that a lot of people would think is just that this is just something that people choose to do. Just like you just said, this is absolutely almost a life and death choice to intervene for the assistance of other people. So I kind of understand it that. Is. I didn't know. I didn't know that your mom was a police officer. Is this uh, yeah. the old? Your mom was a police officer for twenty seven years. So law enforcement and and doing what doing what's right was kind of like probably a mainstay in your household because you're a native of oh, Birmingham, Alabama, and, and people want to say yeah. that Birmingham is the bad tell, tell us, Tell us <laughs> why. Tell, I, I'm saying, and this is something we didn't talk about, but I think it's healthy. Tell us why it's, it, it's absolutely not totally true that you, are, you have to be a product of the environment that you're in because your mom oh. set the tone right. and, and, and you you're know, seven tones so. I grew up in a, in an area of Birmingham called Ensley. Back during mm-hmm. the uh, time of, of my youth and still to this day, uh, that side of town was considered to be one of the more dangerous sides of Birmingham. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's just, it's all about, you know, uh, what you see. I, I, I preach to my kids all the time and preach to some of the kids that I talk to at some of the schools that, you know, uh, uh, some of the teachers, I mean, that, you know, kids, most kids are going to be what they see. So my mm-hmm. mother, at a very young age, moved us out of the projects. Uh, we didn't have the best, but we had, you know, we had enough. I mean, I can mm-hmm. give you a, probably, I would take up the whole show telling you about all the stuff that mm-hmm. me and my brothers had to go through uh, growing up mm-hmm. as kids, but we saw our mother never give up. We saw our father you know, push mm-hmm. as hard as he could uh, to get through mm-hmm. life. And, and, but, you know, and that's what we do now. Both of my brothers, uh, my one, I have my, my older brother that's a successful minister. Well, he's a minister mm-hmm. in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And my younger brother, who is a uh, business owner uh, here in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we just, you know, we just learned at an early age that you have to push through some of the trials that you go through mm-hmm. as a youth. You can't use that as an explanation or use that as an excuse to do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Right. Now, I, I was raised by a nurse, so and I'm a nurse, okay. so I kind of get right. that, and I try not to do right. that. But at the same right. time, I made probably some mistakes that right. would, could probably have kept me from, you know, I don't think I did. I'm, I'm going to have to take it back. I've never done anything that would keep me from having my profession 
Do you think that, okay. that the way that they're exposing uh, police uh, uh, enforcement or, or, or criminal enforcement, is it fair to you how they're uh, showing what the job is, or do you think that they're just bucketing everybody into the same, into the same bucket? You know, uh, you don't take this job, you don't go into this job thinking that you're going to please uh, uh, or make everyone view you and love you. That's I just don't know of a career that you can do that in, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I won't say that it, all of this, the scrutiny, I don't think that the uh, public scrutiny is, I won't say that it's all unfair, uh, mm-hmm. but I just try not to rush to judgment on Anything that I see uh, uh-huh. on, even on video, because videos can be uh-huh. edited, get, they can be cut uh-huh. and spliced in different places to make it look a certain uh-huh. way. Not, and that's, uh-huh. and I'm before we get a bunch of callers in, that's, that has nothing to do with any case that has happened in the past. That is nothing specific. I'm just saying, uh, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, I just, I don't rush to judge anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. on any case. Mm-hmm. So now, we talked think, about... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, do I think the public scrutiny is fair? Yeah, it, everything should be... I mean, you should you should scrutinize anything that you don't think is right. I learned that a long mm-hmm. time ago when I was working in homicide. Anything that you don't think is right, you should scrutinize it. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes along with uh, law enforcement and some of these officers that are being videotaped. I think it should be scrutinized and looked at uh, because one thing that you can't change is you can't change the truth. You know, right. you can't change the truth. So Right. I, um, in criminal uh, criminal law, I'm not a, a lawyer, but you know, I watch a lot right. of Snap and, and I watch a lot of First Boy. <laughs> you watch, I watch Snap. Snap. Snap is just training yeah. films for wives or girlfriends to get a to, to attempt to get away with murder. So you can't say no. that. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, it's amazing <laughs> to me what people will and will not say, even when they're caught. I was watching. I promise you, I was just watching my my net my natural routine on Sunday evening it, after church is to come home, fix something to eat, get prepared for Monday, and to watch Snap until it just don't they don't play no more. And I so happened to turn onto First Forty Eight, and lo and behold, there you were. You were questioning uh-huh. someone, and it was like it was surreal because it was like I'm from the outside, and you guys are embedded in the situation. You get to see the uh-huh. before, the after, the in between. You get to see the unknown. Do you think uh-huh. that it's e- that it's equal with regard to like when people are arrested? Because you know, I can see you. You what I'm talking about is homicide, which is like the extent. Okay. Of, of criminality, but like for just like say a traffic stop or a ticket, are there some arrests that are absolutely not necessary? Like, is there something that we can do as a community to like just do don't do this right here and you won't go to jail? Because I never would have thought well, that a traffic ticket or anything like that can make you go to jail. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, that's that's kind of you have to take each each situation with a um, with, at, at its face value. You know, mm-hmm. there are lots of things that officers could do different. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. or I, I won't say I won't say that. I'll say with me, I, I try to when I when I used to 
do traffic stops and things of that nature, I would take into account that, okay, first off, this person that I just stopped, they don't want no ticket. Who wants a ticket? Nobody wants a ticket. So are they upset with... Are they upset at me personally? No, it's not. It's not personal. I mean, you know, but they they are, yeah. they gonna be they gonna they gonna be upset. Me as an officer, uh-huh. I never tried to take that personal. So that's uh-huh. one thing. Uh, uh-huh. uh, but as far as citizens go, I think that we have we uh, some people have developed uh-huh. a nature of thinking that okay. I didn't do what this officer is telling me, so I'm not gonna take this ticket. This is this is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't do what this officer is telling me, so I'm not gonna take this t- ticket, and I'm gonna make him not give me this ticket. Well, you just escalate in a situation that you're probably not gonna win. To me, <clears throat> in my honest opinion, I think that most and, and it, it doesn't. It's rare. It, it, it rarely. It, it rarely happened to me when I was in patrol. But then when I was in patrol, I was six foot five, two hundred twenty pound man. So exactly. you know, I, I think I was. Exactly. I think I was. Uh, I, I, I think I intimidated <laughs> a few people into not really arguing with me on the scene. But that's neither here nor there. But I mean, so I don't think that you should get out there and argue with a person right. or with an officer right there on the scene mm-hmm. because. Me as mm-hmm. an officer, what the first thing that I'm thinking about, this could be my next murder suspect. This could be just, this person could have just committed a right. robbery. So in mm-hmm. order for me to come home, I have to protect myself. I have to right. be somewhat more proactive than I can mm-hmm. be reactive. So right. and, 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 I agree. And, and, and fighting on the scene is not the place to do it. You fight your, your citations in court. That's mm-hmm. why the court system was really put in place. Mm-hmm. So now I I know I know that a lot of people don't give the proper respect to us. It's just about an authority disrespect, in my opinion. And I can mm-hmm. say this: you might not can say this. I think people just don't respect people with guns. These you guys mm-hmm. are licensed by the state mm-hmm. and have the right. ability to take someone else's life by law that most people don't even understand how that could happen. I actually had someone to inbox me saying, he said he didn't want to come on air. He said he wanted me to ask though about concealed weapons because he carries legally a concealed weapon. And his question was, if I do have a, I have the uh, ability to carry a concealed weapon under what circumstances then am I able to shoot? Because it's as if, I having a weapon equals me being able to be shot dead by police. Now, I don't think that that's true, but that was his question. If he can carry, under what circumstances can he shoot? Okay. Um, that is a very slippery slope. Now, I will, I will okay. not, uh, I will not. I don't want to answer that. I don't want nobody to come on the show. Well, I heard you take advantage of chair me. I can shoot at the police. Right. No, that's right. not what right. I'm saying. Uh, right, but what, what? certain this, mm-hmm. there are certain situations where where uh, you know if, if you're I don't. It's kind of hard for me to say. I'm take. I'm speaking well, from my personal. This, this. Okay. Right, because I don't want you to. I don't want. I don't want to put words in your in your mouth as a detective. Answer me this: What are we supposed to do 
if we have a concealed weapon and have the right to carry, what responsibility to divulging that information to an officer? Don't we have to tell them and show them proof that we have it, just like your driver's license and everything? Because I think that's what his uh -huh. problem is. He he refused right. to prove that he had the right to carry, which that's like, that's not, like, you can't do that. Right. You don't, I mean, people have the right to, and I don't want to go into a whole session about open carry, but people okay, do okay. not have the right to to uh, carry a concealed weapon. That's not a God, that's not a, 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 a law, that's not a given right. You have a given okay. right to, carry, to open carry. Uh, okay. Now, uh, to me, if you're carrying a weapon inside of your vehicle, that weapon is concealed. It's considered concealed. So, therefore, okay. you would need a concealed carry license. Now, okay, okay, okay. I have, I, and I'm, and I'm speaking personally. I have literally stopped people, hundreds of people, mm -hmm. on traffic stops mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. have been carrying a concealed weapon. Usually, mm -hmm. if a person does not want, okay, officer, when that, when I make that traffic stop, you know, I mm -hmm. ask them for their driver's license and their in their in their tag, uh, a, a proof of insurance. Usually, what mm -hmm. they'll say is, officer, listen, I have a mm -hmm. pistol on my person, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna take the right. necessary steps to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm safe. You know, safe. I ask that person. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask that person, okay, where is it located? Do me a favor and keep your hands up, so I know mm -hmm. that. So, so it's for my protection yeah, right. and for your protection. Right, right. So I'm gonna ask him, uh, do me a favor, keep your hands up, and tell me where that weapon is. Don't point to it. Just, just tell mm -hmm. me where it is. So, okay. Uh, I'm going, and, and once he tells me, and as long as he's being compliant, we won't have an issue. Right. As long as he's right. being compliant, but it's just when you tell me you have a weapon and you're being non-compliant, the only people that I know of that do things of that nature are people that have just are criminal. are, are criminals. criminals. Correct. Right. That's 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 what I I believe that too. Now we didn't discuss that, so we're gonna talk about what we discussed because I'm not gonna get you in trouble <laughs> and you're not gonna you're not gonna arrest me because we talk we're talking. We're talking about criminals and arrests and what you should and should not do. Wouldn't you say that it is just bad business to run? Like, I, I don't understand oh why God. people run. Like, don't run. Like, I, I don't understand what people are afraid of exactly when you're not being pursued, if you're just being questioned. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you think the fear of, of, of police officers comes from it I think in my opinion I'm gonna state my opinion because I'm not a police officer. I think people who have something to hide run whether it's legitimate okay. or not and I think that it sets it up wrong. What what do you think? Uh I, I use the uh reasonable and prudent citizen mindset. If you are mm -hmm. if if you are not involved in any criminal acts or any criminal behaviors what do you have to run mm -hmm. for? You know, so mm -hmm. I've never, I've never, ch I've never chased anyone. And it's just, I, I can, I'm just saying from my personal experience, I've never chased mm -hmm. anyone that it was not involved in the criminal act. I've never had to chase. Right. And I, but, but I've, I've, yeah, I've never had to chase anybody that's <laughs> not involved in the criminal act. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, that's what it basically boils down to. 
and I mean, Listen, that's, and that's one of those situations where you 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 really damned if you do and damned if you don't. So right. So let's look at it from a from a police officer's perspective. Okay. Okay. You have a a police officer that, and this is this happened to me. Well, I ain't gonna say it happened to me personally. It, it didn't happen to me personally. Actually, I'm just giving you a different scenario. A police officer okay. pulls up in front of a drug house. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That officer sees a hand-to-hand drug deal happen right in front, right as he pulls up. He jumps out and tries right. to to interview the two people that he saw involved. One of them takes off. Mm-hmm. The officer begins to run, chases him down the street. That suspect breaks into a, a, a house with a family in it and takes that family hostage. While the mm-hmm. officers are surrounding the house and getting ready to make entry into that house, and that person kills everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. Who's liable? Mm-hmm. Who's liable right. in, a, in a case like that? You know, what if that officer decided not to chase that guy because, well, I don't want to be sued. He breaks in the house exactly. and kills all that family. You know, it, it's right. right. And that's, that's, that's an extreme situation, mm-hmm. but it can mm-hmm. happen. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's something that could happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I totally, it, it's, it's... I totally get it because it's the same thing in the hospital where people actually come to the hospital for help. But you gotta right. fight them all the way down the hall in the gurney, uh, right. in the X-ray, right. all the way to surgery, and it's like, did uh-huh. you not need help? And that's what you're uh-huh. hired to do. Now, in the right. case that you are, let's just say this scenario: I am guilty. I know I'm guilty. I done been arrested. What can I expect from that point? Because all I did was I stole something. I guess you ran my name, and they said, "Yep, she been stealing at Walmart." So I'm going right. to jail. Like, am I? Am I supposed to know, and this, this, this all falls into this whole plea thing, because I think if I did not steal, I'm going to kind of not want you to arrest me. I'm going to have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. But if I have stolen, and I know you know, but I haven't admitted it, when you take me to uh-huh. jail, am I supposed to say, yes, I did, or am, what is the process for when you know no, well, you've just been busted? Yeah. Like, you know, you've been busted and you're downtown. You know, it, to me, the, to put it in layman's terms, you, you try to go in there and plead guilty and get the best deal possible. You know, especially mm-hmm. if you know you're guilty, if you know you did mm-hmm. this crime that they accuse, that the state is accusing you of, you, you just want to go in and get it over with. You know, you mm-hmm. might want to go in and plead guilty and, and, and see if you can get the best deal possible. Really? So, I don't want to plea. Yeah. I don't want to plea. <laughs> the only the burden is of proof is on the state. You know that. Okay. It's 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 on it's on us to prove that you're guilty of what you did. And okay. there is you know I wish this may be an idea for some of your 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 people that are in movie production. You know, I wish uh-huh. that, that somebody could come up with a, a a a show that would showcase that, that could showcase uh-huh. the officers going in or the detectives going in and screening the warrant with the district attorney that and all uh-huh. of the different layers that that case has to go through before it's even processed as a warrant. And then all of the different layers that it has to go through because, before it comes through a court case because – there are a lot of layers, a lot of layers really? that, that case has to go through. But <laughs> yes, yes. 
I thought that you guys were all on the same team, and I may be just being dumb about it, but I thought that, uh -huh. like, <laughs> I know that there's supposed to be, like, a public defender, which means that they're going to represent the person who's in trouble. But I thought right. that, that I, I, and I know if I don't say, like, I'm a plea to fifth, I know that you're supposed to not say anything that can bring um, rain on yourself, but I thought uh -huh. that if you pleaded, that you were basically saying, I did this. What if I didn't do it? Would you recommend pleading I, when I, you didn't do anything? No. I, I, I mean, if you know you're, that you're not guilty of a, of a crime that you're being accused of, then no, I don't think you should go in and plead guilty. I mean, but what if, I, what if I'm bad? What if I'm bad? What if, what bad? if I got what? arrested? What if I got arrested <laughs> and I was stealing in Florida? And y'all uh -huh. caught me okay. in Birmingham, though. Like, can you use okay. that against me? And I need to go ahead and plead before I do too much time. No, you know there are uh, certain cases. There are certain cases where uh, uh, where your criminal history can be brought before a jury, but ninety percent of the time that can't happen. They have to present the evidence that is involved in that particular crime. Now, there are you know, in certain instances where you know, your attorney could bring up your history and then that would open the door for the prosecutor to talk about your history. But as long as that door is mm -hmm. not open, you know, you, mm -hmm. your history cannot come into cases. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, your history cannot be brought up in a, in a new case. Okay. There's a caller on that is actually letting me see their phone number. So we're going to go ahead and open up the line. There are five six, seven, eight other block callers who just probably scared. Now, he can't get you over the phone. He is Look, real anybody, <laughs> anybody that's calling into the show, I mean, as long as we, we having an open conversation, it's just a conversation to me. I mean, and this right. is stuff, if you, saw, right. if you saw me on 3rd Avenue or you saw me at the Classic this weekend and asked me these mm -hmm. same questions, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I say on this show. I have, we have, well, I have nothing to hide. Well, let me ask you this since you brought up the classic. Like, the classic is just a regular holiday for this side of town. As a police officer, aren't you still a police officer like 24 7? Like, uh oh, they hung up. Uh oh, they, uh oh, Anderson hung up. Um, I think he hung up. I'm going to say, but we'll call him right back. Uh, 4701, are you there? And can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hello? Have you heard the show? Yes. Have you heard the show so far? And are you uh, able to? Did you have a question for uh, our our guest? No. I mean, you already answered it. It was about the concealed handgun. Okay. So, did you understand what he was saying about the handgun? Did you understand that what he was saying is that it's concealed if you have it hidden away, unbeknownst to the police officer? So he basically said, "Don't." don't really do that or if you do do that understand that you need to you know kind of disclose that so you did hear him say that right right so so let me tell you in texas they don't teach that so in texas okay. they teach that um like the, the the law in texas is that uh they encourage you to disclose it but you don't have to disclose so here, here's why i asked that question recently okay this is where I found out, and, and I've had this license probably about uh, three years. So, and, and, mm -hmm. and you know, 
I don't know how it is in a lot of states, but in Texas, you go through a little four-hour class. They take you take you to the range. Uh, you spend about an hour at the range, and then you're done. You get a license and say four to five weeks. So you don't you don't you don't get to delve in so long. But um, I was recently pulled over. So uh-huh. when because I was working at night and coming you know coming home in the wee hours of the morning. I always kept it on the seat because the area that I work in is rough. When I say rough, it's rough. And my fear is always during that time my fear was what if the car break down? What if what if, you know, uh you get a flat or something? Because people walk the streets the wee hours of the morning in this area. You know, my thought mm-hmm. was, um, you know, if 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 my car break down and you come up to me, you start acting a fool I'm going to, in Texas, they tell you, they, they, they teach you this now. They say, I was, you tell them you was in fear of your life. And I'm you now, that I'm ain't going to work. Okay. I'm going to tell you now, and I ain't even a police officer. I'm going to tell you now, and I'm not even a police officer. Go ahead and finish, and we'll let uh, Chris answer that uh, with, with the best of his ability, because, of course, we're in Birmingham, Alabama, you say you're speaking about Texas, and, and what you're setting up the scenario to be is that you live in a bad part of town, and you leave your gun on your seat when you're out, and what else now? So I work in a bad part of town. I actually live in a good part of town. But um, so I always kept it on the seat. So here's the deal. So I get pulled over one night, and luckily it was one of my church members. He was a sheriff. And so uh, the gun was on the seat, as it always is, and actually it's on the seat right now. Um, and I keep this little, um, I keep this little cloth in here, and so the cloth is like, it's it's partially hidden. Then again, it's not. So when he came to the car, he already knew who I was. But I, after him and I got to talking, and he was telling me, "Hey, look, you know, you need to slow down, blah 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 blah." And after I drove mm-hmm. off, I'm thinking like, now what if that was. Joe Moe, a uh, 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 Billy Bob, because y'all know we had that incident out here where the guy shot the police officer and all that mm-hmm. old stuff there. And there was some, mm-hmm. some incidents that happened, several incidents happened after that because, you know, at that point now, the police on high alert. Um, mm-hmm. So if it's on my seat and you walk up to the car, am I wrong? Because I got a concealed handgun license. No, I, okay. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that you are wrong in any instances, though. But I, I mean, you have to understand from my perspective. If I'm stopping you on a traffic stop, I, I don't know who you are. You could be anybody. So I'm gonna take the precautions to make sure that I come home safe first, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna take right. precautions mm-hmm. that you come home safe. So 90 percent of the time, when that happens, when that has happened to me, most people that have a concealed carry license, they'll either put their hands out of the window and, or mm-hmm. either they'll put their hands up on the roof of their car where you can, you can clearly see my hands. I know, you're, if, I know that you're not going to go for your weapon because your hands are up on the roof. And then when I get to the car, all you got to say is, officer, there is a gun. Mm-hmm. I have a weapon. I have a, a weapon on my passenger side seat. Uh, I'm not going to go for it. If you want to seize that weapon, hold on to it until after we are done with our business, that's fine. But I just, I want, me as a driver, I want to go home too, and I want you to go home safe too. So so we don't have any issues. Here are my hands. 
You can come over here and pick up this weapon if you need to, and you can hold on to it until after we're done. What I would usually do in those situations, I'd immediately go over, pick up the weapon, tell you to open up your trunk, place that weapon inside of the car, and then I'm going to ask you whether or not you have any more, any other weapons. Once you tell mm-hmm. me you have any other weapons, I'm going to go on about my business. And, I, you know, 90% of the time, if someone disclosed that to me, I wouldn't even write mm-hmm. you a ticket. I would let you go by with a warning because you didn't really have to disclose that information to me. You could have been – that could have been a, uh, that that situation could have gone a completely different way, so right. you know that that's just me. But I don't know. Right. So you know, so Texas, you need to just stop. Just don't be doing that because all it's going to take is for someone to not be as aware, someone not to be as clear-minded, and 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 and, and I guess that's defense uh, offensive. Because the uh-huh. wrong the wrong move could be he went for his gun. Like if you got to have it on your seat, you might need to get another job. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I, I'm not, not going to say that <laughs> because people need to. That we live in a time where you need to protect yourself. That's that's mm. a given. So I'm not going to say that he needs to put his weapon anywhere else. Or, Anything like mm-hmm. that. I mean, you you have to do what's safe to you. But you know uh, that when a, a officer approaches your vehicle, mm-hmm. you understand that they, you know, that's one of those situations where, okay, I know he's armed. He doesn't know mm-hmm. that I'm armed. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and just tell him I'm armed so mm-hmm. we can oh, handle wow. our business and I can go on to my house. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, the funny thing is, is I did put my hands out the window because that's typically what I do. Because I don't be right. No okay. Trouble. I, I, I don't right. get no trouble. I, I'm, hey, uh-huh. I'm praying you don't give me no tickets. But <laughs> it, it, right. it, 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 it didn't dawn on me until you know after he come to the car and you know he was like, "Man, what are you doing?" You know, at, at, at my, <laughs> one of my church, my church members. Well, um, uh-huh. he got got to talking and it wasn't until after I drove off I, I started thinking about that I'm like okay uh-huh. here you are this officer uh-huh. just got killed at this gas station and, and I, right. I ain't trying to be to nobody on the show but you got a black you got a black man kill a white officer at a gas station and uh-huh. you get you you get pulled over tensions are already high in, in, in not just right. in the county but in the city and right. you, I, I, I got the gun for good reasons. I got the gun because of the side of town I work on. And I mean, right. I've literally been sitting there red light and had somebody beating on my door, and I had to pull off on my red light because of the uh-huh. area. And, that, and that's really the only reason why I have it because that side of town, you know, hey, I make good money and I ain't trying to lead up, but I also want to come right. home here. Night. So exactly. it, it didn't dawn on me until after I left, after I pulled off. And um, I started thinking, like, man, you know what? Now, here you are. You got this darn gun on this seat. Now, what if that uh-huh. had been one of the fools? Because uh, we've had a couple people shot. You know, officers, hey, I understand. They trying to go home every night. So they put right. people over to get belligerent. They had a couple incidents where officers and shot, you know, shot folks driving cars because of the stuff they do. But that could have right. went the other way because he could have. Right. We, we talking about it was like three thirty in the morning. He could have easily had that been somebody else and said, "You know what? I seen the gun. I drew my weapon, and just like you said, he went for his gun." So you know, right. my mm-hmm. question uh-huh. at, at what point, as a as a legal uh, uh, concealed concealed handgun carrier, you know, 
do common sense tell me yes i need to let them know but legally do i do i have to do i have to say that hmm. and that, that's why the that, it, oh. to, to me go ahead no no my answer to that is no you don't have to to, to uh divulge that information but you know to me that's the beginning of a bad situation happening or making a situation that probably couldn't be as bad making it worse so you know i, I you know I, I if 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 i were in your in that position i always let officers know i mean i've been stopped plenty of times and i i'm one of the types of people i'm one of the people that always keeps a weapon on him i always have a weapon on me uh so mm-hmm. when it whenever i'm stopped that's the first thing that i do you know i, I put my hands out the window listen officer i have a weapon on me uh it's, it's i usually i don't carry my weapon in my uh on my passenger seat i carry it right next to me somewhere where i can get to it closely if i need to so uh you know so i i, I just try to be compliant go ahead it sounds like that you just have to have the mindset of safety, um, as and I'm right. talking about from the from the people standpoint. I can't speak for because I know that there has to be there has to be a different type of mindset that a police officer is in when you're approaching a total stranger. You don't know what you're gonna walk up on. You don't know who right. it is, um, and right. there's a defensiveness that people take against the police. And I think you have to change your your attitude. I never would have even thought of putting my hands on the outside of the of the car, but I don't carry a weapon. I don't carry a weapon. Right. But um, mm-hmm. since we're talking about weapons, let's let me just uh, and we're gonna end the show in just a little bit because I heard somebody yawn and I think it was you, Mr. Anderson. Me? Yeah, it's classic. It's classic week. So this is the this is the first day that I've been off. Uh, before oh, without working a twelve or thirteen hours shift, yeah. So, and oh wow! Now, I'll be working thirteen, fourteen hours. Since we're talking oh. about guns, and since we're talking okay. about crime, and since you have the history of uh, oh. homicide, is there a reason? Um, not is there a reason? What is self defense shooting? from a police like a police has a gun to me this is just my rationale i'm not a lawyer but i just say uh-huh. if he has the right to shoot that means that i have to do everything in my power to be submissive so that that won't be warranted so i'm not gonna run um i'm not gonna pull a gun on you other than me pulling a weapon to you is there any other reason that you would shoot someone or is it yeah. is there like a taser uh yeah a taser it's, it's, minimum or something yeah, when when I went through the police academy, you know, we had uh, – we were trained with the force continuum. Now, that was 20 years ago. I don't know if police officers are still being trained with using the force continuum. So an officer is only allowed to you to go – and, and, you know, you have uh, levels like nonverbal compliance. Uh, you have uh, physical noncompliance. And then you have uh, 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 non-compliance with a weapon. So 
and I'm not I'm not saying everything correctly because it's been 20 years ago. But anyway, so an officer has the the the, the legal right to go one step above their uh, their defendant. Okay. So okay. if you are being physical, if you're being uh, uh, verbally non-compliant, then I can only go mm-hmm. to my my uh, uh, mace or maybe my taser. Uh, if oh, okay. you're being physically non non compliant, then you know I can use my mace, my taser, and maybe my nightstick, or hand to hand. You know, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. if you're being uh, non compliant and you have a, a weapon, you know I'm allowed to step up and use deadly force. Right. So I don't, and I think uh, now that that, that uh, they've added a few more steps since I went through the uh, the police academy, mm-hmm. but you know, it's still pretty much the same thing. So if your if your question is, at what point does an officer have the legal right to use lethal force, it's only during the time that an officer feels that his life or the lives of others may be in danger. In danger. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's like, I don't think people understand that. I I I know for sure that I had to have I read that that there's like a graduation of what a police officer right. can do can do versus another. Uh-huh. But for some reason, the attitude is people is like I can meet him wherever he meet me. That is not that is right. not like you can't do that. Like that's the whole difference between being a civilian and someone who has a, a law enforcement background. So if you had to give. Uh, a bit of advice, particularly to our community, not that we're excluding anybody else. We talked earlier about the, the differences by capita, like the number of people that's in an area versus the number of crimes in that area may actually look skewed just depending on where it is. And a lot uh-huh. of what's shown in the media, and I, I'm, I'm a, I feel like I'm a part of that because I think it represents unfairly certain cultures of people and particularly races of people. Is there anything that you would say for sure that would keep uh, people safe from having to be first arrested and then second having to even plead to any type of time that kind of follows you for the rest of your life? Is there any, you know, basic uh, respect so, factor information? So, and, and not necessarily respect, uh, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're, and, and the 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 police interaction that I can think of mostly that'll probably help the most people are on traffic stops. That's so I I'll keep my my speech about traffic stops. Just be uh-huh. compliant. You don't have to be submissive. You don't have to uh-huh. to uh, to uh, be uh, to be. You don't have to feel like this person is trying to, you know dominate you, you or, or right. make you feel feel less than a, a man or a woman, you know, and, and, and I know we've had instances like that. So, you know, there are avenues that you can take as far as filing a complaint with the Internal Affairs Division or filing a complaint with somebody else. Like there are plenty of uh, organizations that, that handle complaints of that nature. And if you have enough information or enough evidence, then they will make sure that that officer is punished for his action. But Mm -hmm. compliance is the best thing that I can give you, the best thing that I can say. A lot of the situations that we have now would not have 
gone as far would not have escalated to situations that they have been escalated to if that person may have been a bit more compliant. Now, do I am I saying that all officers in every am I trying to stand up or take up for the police? No. Mm-hmm. First thing I, I must say that I'm I'm a black man. I, I'm a I'm a black man. I'm a black man who is a police officer. So I know about some of the interactions with police work, but I have a different and a unique perspective that I can see in on both sides. Mm-hmm. So uh you know and that's about the best information. If you comply, if you don't think that that ticket was legal, it's up to the state to, that, to prove your your guilt. So take that case to court. You know. Okay. And, and, and plea if you know you wrong, because you probably <laughs> will end up with more time if the state has to build a case against you, which they probably will be able to. If well, you want. I mean. Any time that I've I've ever had to uh, prosecute or, or been a part of prosecuting the case, uh, mm-hmm. I I don't and I've I've literally went to court on thousands of cases from mm-hmm. from my 15 years of uh, investigative investigations. I've been to court on I've went to trial on thousands of cases. Mm-hmm. There is not a mm-hmm. single. I've only had one case that I didn't feel comfortable with after I got the mm-hmm. warrant and I ended up dropping the charges on that gentleman. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, if you know that you're guilty, then <laughs> you know you you may want to seriously give some consideration to plea in that case because you'll and if you plea if you accept a plea bargain, usually a plea bargain comes with a lesser sentence or a lesser conviction. So you could be plea bargaining to, or you could be arrested and charged with a felony crime. Which having a felony on a, on your record affects you for the rest of your life, not just with getting jobs or or, or, or mm-hmm. becoming a or getting a new career. It, it affects you with your some of these crimes affects your voting rights, and mm-hmm. you know you may be able to get that case if you are guilty of a crime and you know you want to plead. You may want to go and get that case dropped down to a misdemeanor where it won't affect you for the rest of your life. Okay, so you can plead to something that's not federal levels. Like if if I plead, that don't necessarily mean I'm going to have a federal. It has to be a federal charge for me no, 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 to no. get a federal. No, no. It, I'm, I'm speaking um, on I'm speaking on the state level. Now you can oh, plead, if you plead. Okay. If, I'm st- I'm speaking on the state level. So you have misdemeanor charges and you have felony charges. If you are charged mm-hmm. with a felony, you can take a plea and get that felony charge changed down to a misdemeanor in some cases, in some cases, okay, not okay. all cases, but in some cases, okay. you know, it just depends on your charge. You can have a, a, a say that you, wow, somebody, you stole a, a, a $3,000 television from Walmart. I don't know how you did it, but you stole it. And <laughs> the state is able to prove that you, they, there is enough probable cause to charge you mm-hmm. with this crime. So that's a felony mm-hmm. theft charge. Mm-hmm. So you take that case to court, you go to court, and you tell your your attorney that, hey, I just want to plead. Can I get this player down to a misdemeanor and pay some sort of fine? He'll take that to mm-hmm. the prosecutor. The prosecutor will look mm-hmm. at that case and talk to, to the victim. If the victim agrees, then they will plead that case down. They will charge you with that. Uh, they will charge you mm-hmm. with that misdemeanor and make you pay the fines. Now, you know, there are 
there are a, a few things that I see in that also where I think mm-hmm. some people that are charged with crimes end up getting caught up in a trap, but that's for mm-hmm. not necessarily a trap, but they, they get themselves in situations where they end up getting pushed into the pushed deeper in the legal in into the legal system. But that's a whole nother show. We need a whole nother hour to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I'ma just be good. I'ma just be good because I have never I have I tried to I, I used to work for Winn Dixie as a cashier and I used to take the monies from the on Wednesdays to the bank and I would park in the uh-huh. illegal parking. This is in this is in Mobile, yeah. Alabama. I used to park in the illegal parking because I didn't want to be walking across the parking lot with money to go to the bank. Uh-huh. They gave me a ticket, and I said I was going to fight it because I really felt like I had a real good reason to uh-huh. park in the handicap. Did and the fight? one thing the judge that I did, I did it. Took me, it took him two minutes to tell me, um, Miss Cooper paid a sign next case. I was so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to, because I was wrong. I was, I was just wrong, and I think that if I'm wrong, I understand now better that it it may be in my best advantage to go ahead and plead, because that's not saying that you know I'm a bad person. It just means that I have some trouble no. with it. No, right? You know, we all we all we all made mistakes in our youth, even me. Okay, so. You know. but, but that's it. That's all I've ever done. So I'm not going to jail. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, how can they do that from um, from uh, any of your social feeds? Okay, so I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram and I am on Periscope. So probably the best way to get in touch with me is at Twitter at C Anderson. C underscore Anderson 705 at twitter.com. C underscore Anderson 705 at twitter.com. Or or whatever it is. (laughs) You can't say that. You have to know what it's saying. I know, right? But what they're going to do is just search you on Twitter, and you have a profile picture up on Twitter so they can match your face to C underscore Anderson, and they'll be able to I find do. you, right? My, okay. I, I do. I, now, you have to understand, now, most of my, my profile pictures are of me and, and me, how I dress regularly. I'm not, I don't wear suits and ties. When I'm on Twitter, Twitter is my, my vent space. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been a lot on Twitter. I say that on my, on my, uh, on my, in my uh, little media thing that, that I put on there. So, you know. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. We will okay. allow you to be human, and we want to thank, thank you, you for coming on to the Empire. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you. All right. Y'all take care. Thank you. And this is how we do it on the Empire. We play a little bit of a ending of the show, and then I'll just go Empire. I'm not going to undo what he said because I'm not going to jail. I, I I have understood for a long time that some things I'm not meant for in jail is one of them. So you will not get me to undo anything that he says tonight. This is one of those shows where I totally agree. 
Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am The Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where The Empress speaks and The Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. I have really enjoyed this hour of conversation with Detective Christopher Anderson, the star of First 48 of Birmingham. And I'm going to tell you, a lot can be learned if you would just stop and change your mindset about what's actually happening. We talked about plea bargaining, plea dealing, mitigation is what it's technically called. And there are some things that you can just, if you would just comply, I think the biggest thing is is just to comply with what you're being asked for. Listen, we're not saying that everything that you see on the media is absolutely correct, but we're also saying that everything that you see in the media is not the full story. You need to get the complete story before you form an opinion. Otherwise, that's the definition of being prejudicial. Now, some things may not need any extra explanation for you, uh, particularly with the incident that happened in the classroom. I don't need to see anything else from that. That was just out of order. Now, how out of order that is has to be processed through the proper channels, which is the law. The law has a process in place to deal with what we saw, uh, and that's already started to happen. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of people are just excessively ready and on edge to do something or to be uh, reactive. And I think uh, even Detective Anderson said that tonight. Some things you have to, you know, kind of take a deep breath and kind of give the uh, extra amount of information that can be the determination between a life and death situation. The office, I don't think that officers want to stop you anyway. I don't think they even want to stop doing what they got to do. What, what's wrong with going through an entire night not having any problems? not having to address any issues, but the same thing is true if you constantly look away from when things are absolutely against the laws that are of the land, we, we will have chaos. You have got to understand that the police are not against you. You can't say up the police. I'm not even going to play that song. I'm going to say that you have got to stop playing with authority. You have to have a healthy respect of the people who have been hired to govern the lands and laws where you live. And just like my caller from Texas, he said that he knows that he has the right to carry. Okay, that's fine. You went through the right ways of, of, of getting that uh, uh, firearm, but you still have to be precautious and you still have to let everybody that you come in contact with, i.e. particularly the police, know that this is not an illegal weapon. I don't have any ill uh, will. I'm just, you know, protecting myself against, you know, his scenario was uh, his job where he where he uh, works. So he's protecting him, himself. But at the same token, you must understand there are people who are not law abiding. There are people who do not respect other people's spaces, places, things, and, and areas. So law enforcement is in the train for that. And I think a lot of what people are seeing in the media has not to do with that. Like we're seeing stuff that has nothing to do 
with the truth of protecting, serving, and providing a service to the community. The same creed that the police oath has is very similar to that of a doctor and a nurse, actually. You are, you're sworn to protect another person when they're putting themselves and others in harm's way. And if you look at it in that way, you don't have to be on the defensive. Just stop being disrespectful to authority. You have to respect authority, and you can't demand that. I was talking to someone earlier about authority and about the uh, respect factor of, of things. You, you cannot demand that. You have to show that. And the fact that an officer, particularly one as tall as Christopher Anderson, as tall as I'm going to do what he tell me to do at the traffic stop because he already said that he's carrying. He has the right to carry. He also has the right to elevate his response to you if you are non-compliant. So the, the key here is just to be compliant. Do what you're supposed to do. Shut up when you're supposed to shut up. Don't give a whole lot of mouth. If he asks to see your license and registration and you don't have them, that's what needs to come out of your mouth. Give him your license and registration and take the ticket. Don't do like me and end up going to court and having to have all of the court costs added onto this ticket for me to pay a $75 ticket. No, it wasn't. It was like a $175 ticket that almost doubled after court costs and all this other kind of stuff because they had to subpoena the cop. They didn't even let me say anything. I had made all these copies of everything of what I needed to say on my defense, but I was wrong. And when you're wrong, you just need to take the consequences with that. If you're not doing anything wrong, be compliant and ride with that. And just like he said, after the fact, if you feel like you have been wrongly accused, pushed in the wrong way, talked to the wrong way, there are processes for that. To get belligerent, um, uh, aggressive, and to elevate it is just almost setting yourself up for failure. And that's what we don't want to do. Don't play with it. Uh, play with me, baby. Okay? Good night.